Good afternoon everyone, um, this is Raz's Football Show and today we'll be talking about the football um, and what happened this week. Uh, it's been an interesting week this week as we know, um, a lot has happened. Chelsea lost um, to Sheffield United which was a, uh, an interesting one. <coughs> um, yeah, didn't see that coming. Sheffield United really played a good game, to be honest, winning 3-0. Didn't flatter them at all. I mean, I thought they did really well. Um, played the perfect tactics. Played a perfect game. Yeah. You know, well-deserved victory, I think, on that one. Man City, again. Looking amazing. I mean, <clears throat> let's be honest. It was, a, it was a good victory. I mean, good good. Good display, you know, they show how it's done, they're showing the rest of the Premier League that they're not out of it, you know, they still got a, they're going to be back stronger next season, that's for sure. And they still got the Champions League to play for, um, and I believe they still got the FA Cup still to go. So yeah, Man City is looking strong. Um, again, United, amazing play. They're showing us what's what they can do. And they're really showing a great fight. And, you know, Pogba, Fernandez, doing what they do best. And, yeah, it's looking good from them as well. <coughs> um, Arsenal. It's been an up and down season for them overall. And again, the loss today um, to Tottenham. I mean, a lot of it was down to their own mistakes. They dominated the game fully um, and fully deserved to win the game. But they come short again due to their defence. So yeah, a lot to talk about. We're going to be speaking to Bav today um, again and I'll be giving him a call. Um, and just having a chat with him, finding out what his thoughts were for the week so far. It's been it's been great watching football, as we know, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, it's a lot to talk about. And I'm sure you guys at home and people listening to the podcast will agree that, yep, the season's almost over now. Um, Norwich City, sad, sad that, I mean, they're out. They did start well, the season, but as the season went on, unfortunate for them. I mean, I don't, I don't think they just, sh especially the after, after the restart, they didn't come back at all. They didn't show anything. And it shows, you know, that not many goals. Letting in a lot of goals. Yeah, it was it was the same. So they've they're out of it. Bournemouth, Aston Villa, pretty much in it. And West Ham, wow, four nil. No one saw that coming in. Four goals from Antonio. Wow. Great result for them. Putting themselves right in it to well, basically stay in the league now and hopefully come back stronger next season because they have a potentially a very good side but they just lacked confidence in some games and that's why they were in the position they were in but now it's all looking good for them. So yeah, um, <clears throat> looked like they could be staying in. And Villa, you know, they, yeah, they won. A great result for them. Against Leicester, which was a uh, sorry, that's Bournemouth. Sorry, 
Aston Villa winning today. That was a good good result for them. But yeah, again, you know, it's it's a lot going on, a lot of stuff that um yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good season this good ending to the season, shall I say. Um and hopefully we'll see what happens with the relegation battle and who's who stays and who goes. Obviously we're gonna have some new teams coming in coming up. You know, I think you know, it looks like Leeds United's gonna be in. They're gonna be back, and I think West Brom looks like they look like they can, they'll be back as well, and see who comes out of the playoffs. All to play for there as well. So, a lot, a lot going on, um, and yeah, it's exciting times. Another thing I wanted to quickly talk about was um, the passing away of um, Jack Charlton. You know, um, sad times. You know, again, it was. Uh, you know, I didn't see much of him, obviously, but I saw him. In my time, I saw him manage um, Ireland and what an amazing job he did in the USA 94 World Cup. Um, getting Ireland, you know, showing what the world, that what Ireland can do and his management skills. There's, there's been a lot of talk about him on the radio. I've heard a lot of um, former players and former managers that, you know, come on and talk about Jackie Charlton and... And Bobby Charlton as well, and how they were an inspiration to the rest of the English players and what they did to help England win the World Cup and also what they did for England as a whole. You know, they, they were just, you know, the Charlton brothers were amazing and Jackie Charlton in particular, he was a big man, tall man, a rock, an absolute bull of a player, you know, what a player he was. So it's a sad time, so I just like, you know, would like to say that everyone just think of him in your prayers. Obviously, it was emotional times for everyone related to the teams that he played for and stuff. So, yeah, sad time. So, it's but you know, as Jackie would say as well, you know, <clears throat> we just have to remember the times that what, what he did and learn from what the way he played the game of you know that we all love and uh, you know, absolute. Great, great, great inspiration to most English players out there and to the, to any players, you know, in all nations. You know, he was just an amazing character and also um, an absolute rock, you know, in the teams that he played for. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, sad times. But, yeah, a lot to talk about, though, today. So I'm going to be speaking to Bav um, live from USA. Once again in Washington DC and he'll give us his perspective on everything and how things have panned out so far and what we've got in store. We'll have a few little chats about um, obviously the usual talks about who's, who's been the great performers, transfers, just pretty much a general chat really. This is totally unscripted, um, I keep reminding everyone this is unscripted talks so we're just basically talking as if we're just speaking to each other on the phone and just having a chat about football. Um, so yeah, I'll be right back for the next segment. And we'll hopefully have Bav on the line. Thank you. Yeah, so welcome back, guys. Um, yep, we have Bav on the line now. Um, live from Washington, D.C., USA. Hello, Bav. Russ. How you doing? On? How you doing, mate? Oh, man. 
Donna's wrecking my weekends as usual. Tell me more, mate. How do you feel right now after the North London derby? Well, literally before this uh, call came in, I just took some headache tablets. I've just tried to fight it the whole day, but it's just, you know, all these messages coming through from people about Arsenal and then just all these memes that people are sending. I mean, I just go off topic for a second. Everyone's been talking about Will, Smith, Will Smith's wife or ex-wife, I guess, Jada, cheating on him recently, and there's been a bunch of memes. I don't know if you've seen it, there's actually a Will Smith one in an Arsenal shirt, just looking all confused. And that's how I'm feeling right now. You know, we beat Wolves, we beat Leicester, and then we lose to this shitty team. This is one of the worst Spurs teams in the last decade, and we lose to them. I mean, come on, man. We made Spurs look like Man City today. It's just... Super, super, super frustrating. I mean, well, gosh. my my opinion is right, um, Bab, that to be honest, you guys looked pretty decent everywhere else apart from the defense, and it's the same old story with Arsenal at the moment. The defense just can't sort themselves out. The first goal was an absolute, you know, it's a shocker. You know, that I don't know what Kalasinac was thinking. You know, passing back like that, and David, obviously David Luiz couldn't make the ball. And yeah, there goes the first goal, Son scores, bang, they're back in it. Now you guys were strolling it at the time because obviously you were you were in the ascendancy, going up, you know, creating chances, and then that goal came out of nowhere, put them back in the driving seat, and then they went on to score another goal. Now, my my theory is, again, he Arteta really needs to sort that problem out once and for all. He needs to work out what he's doing because that's just, you know, those mistakes can't continue and it's the same old people doing the same mistakes week in, week out. Yep, same old people. And it's the same old people that are just going to be playing their next season. I, I just don't see things really changing here. We have seen it as Jones obviously come back. But come on, you're going to put a young kid with those three piles of poop? Kalasinac is not a central defender. No. He's not even a half-decent left-back, which is what his natural position is. Yeah. David Luiz is he's just he's changed his name to Liability Luiz I mean I can't keep talking about this guy he's just oh man <laughs> and, and the thing is when he was supposed to actually foul like today had he, he could have made that ground up he could have actually fouled the player that was running in and I, and I can't for the life of me think of who it was but that was the right time for him to actually take, make a foul and potentially be set off He's done all this nonsense before. Yeah. He's responsible for four penalties this season. Was a fifth going to hurt? Yeah, the chances are 50-50 if, you know, whoever's taking the penalty, whether it's Harry Kane or Son or Lucas Moore or whoever. But, you know, the way Martinez is playing, I, I, I'd like to say Martinez would have a decent chance to save it. But it's the same old crap, man. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 oh man, I'm about to have an Arsenal fan TV moment, Raz. This is nuts, man. I need you to change the topic because well, let's, let's uh, move uh, on. unless he buys three central defenders for next season and honestly from what I'm hearing he's going to get 60, 70, maybe 80 million pounds spent and you and I both know that's not going to be good enough to buy someone of semi-decent quality so he just needs to go and rate some of these players that are getting relegated and he'll be able to find two or three defenders that can do a job for two, three, four years and 
all, man. Even though I've spoken to a few Arsenal fans on a group chat that I have that are actually US based, and they're just delusional. They're like, oh yeah, we're going to challenge the league in three, four years. We haven't won the league since 2014, 16 damn years ago. The way we're playing, we're not going to win the damn league until 2044. <laughs> Think about that. 40 damn years later. Forget Liverpool hurting 30 years for a league championship. Arsenal's going to break the record. 40 damn years. Mark my words. Well, speaking of Liverpool, actually, I mean, moving on from Arsenal, I think the the game that we played, that was a bit, against Burnley, that was a a bit of a shocker, to be honest, because now Liverpool, Liverpool, um, well, they don't, they, they don't look like they're going to get the record points. And also the fact that we had the record for the most league wins, or winning all the league games at Anfield, at home, yeah. that record's gone as well so a bit disappointing but I think it's still showing up that you know what they're still celebrating the league win and actually you know not really too bothered what happens with the remaining games I think that's what what I can see that's what I see anyway I mean yeah you know Salah's after his um, his uh, what do you call it golden boot but I don't think he's going to get it either Vardy's too far ahead now um, yeah definitely but yeah, I mean, moving on from Liverpool, let's look, let's talk about Man City. Wow, they're looking really, really strong, aren't they? Man City, if they had Lewandowski or Benzema or even Ogero back, some of these matches that they've won four or five would have been close to double digits. I kid you not. Yeah. I spoke about Gabriel Jesus last week. He looks extremely disinterested compared to how he was last week. Yeah. Like, what, what's wrong with the kid? Is he homesick? He blows hot and cold. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, some games he just turns up and, you know, puts in a good show. And then some games he just looks like he's, you know, off the pace. He misses the ball. You know, he at Man City, you're getting crosses in thick and fast. Every second there's a cross coming in. And he seems like he's either in front of the ball or behind the ball. He's never at the right positions. Um, having said that, didn't he, didn't he yeah, score a couple of... Having said that, he has scored, right? He's scored a few goals, hasn't he? He, he hasn't scored this week. He scored, he scored one goal last week, and that was it. If Aubameyang was in that team, Danny Ings, Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Jamie Vardy, they'd probably have a hat-trick each game. That's how many chances are created by that team. It's unreal. Raheem Sterling... Okay, the third goal was very lucky, but Raheem Sterling is looking like... World Player of the Year candidate, the way he's playing in that team. But the consistency is a big problem with Sterling. Yeah. Everyone keeps talking about you know Messi and Ronaldo, and there's a couple of players that could potentially challenge these guys in a few years. And there's been talk of Mbappe and Eden Hazard, and Raheem Sterling could be in that category if you know he sticks around at Man City, because Pep has really improved him as a player. But Man City's fate will be known tomorrow with the uh, UEFA hearing. So... Uh, Rumours are that it's going to be a one-year ban instead of the current two-year ban that they've been issued for the Champions League. So, let's see what happens. I mean, if, it is a, if it is a two-year ban, I, d I do foresee some of those players leaving. I mean, if it's a two-year ban, I see, first of all, I see Pep Guardiola leaving. I don't see him hanging around. I mean, there's plenty of teams out there that will take him on. Uh, why would he stick around at Man City and just wait two years to, to have a go at winning the Champions League? Especially if he doesn't win it this year. 
If he wins yeah. it this year, then he'll probably stick around. But if he doesn't win it this year, he will look somewhere else. I mean, there's plenty of teams out there that will take him on. Um, and I'm talking top-level teams. And he's probably going to be only going to the top teams in the world anyway. But I'm pretty sure Serie A... How many top-level positions are really open? Truly speaking, there's there's two coaches that are extremely vulnerable. One is Mauricio Sarri at um, Juventus. And the other one is Setien at Barcelona. Those are the only two clubs that are potentially in the market for a new manager of Pep Guardiola's quality. That That's it, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. You never know, though. He, he could go back to Barcelona. Um, he always said, I think, if I remember correctly, that he did say that I will be back. Um, yeah. And, you know, he is a Barca through and through. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I can see that happening. And, he, you know, him being back there would make a massive difference for Barcelona. Obviously, Juventus Serie is another challenge. And he's, he's, one of the things that he said he was going to do is explore, you know, other countries and try and win trophies there. And Juventus would be a perfect fit for him, if I'm honest with you, with the players they've got. And if he comes in there and he changes that play, wow. Well, they could be world beaters, to be honest. But yeah, it's it's exciting. I mean, interesting for Man City. Let's see how that one pans out. Um, but yeah, the relegation. Norwich is out. They're gone. Yeah, no surprise. No surprise there. I mean, yeah. Uh, to be honest, they started off the season really well. And I thought, wow, you know, they could look like a good team. Timo Puki looked really good. And then all of a sudden, they're just like... They just fought away. I mean, it was that loss after loss... And the, the, the problem in Norwich, if you look at, I think, the last decade, they've been promoted four or five times and relegated four or five times. They, they're literally the definition of a yo-yo team. Yeah. So once once they're promoted and they don't invest money, this is what's going to happen. They're going to go straight back down. But they didn't. And they didn't invest at all, did they? They didn't, no. And, and that's where they went wrong. And, you know, some of the other teams obviously invested. And Aston Villa could actually have the great escape, believe it or not. You know, to be honest, uh, I really hope they do because I think some of the games I've watched them play uh, and I felt they were really unlucky in some games, you know, because they do give it a good fight, you know, not like the other teams. I mean, Bournemouth last week, they looked terrible and, you know, luckily this week they looked, you know, like another team, but they were helped out a little bit. Um, but Bournemouth beat Leicester today, right? 4-1. Was it 4-1? 4-1, that was crazy. I think around the 55th minute. I think you and I were texting and I said, look, I'm actually heading out to DC to go for a walk. And then I, I checked my phone like 30, 40 minutes later. I'm like, what? 4-1? What the hell? Yeah. And I, I was refreshing it because, just to go off topic for a second, I was thinking, because I've got Jamie Vardy in my fantasy football, I was like, hold on, is this wrong? Did Vardy score 4 What am I seeing here? Hit refresh and I was like, what? 4-1? Yeah. Just couldn't believe that. Yeah, but they've got Man City next, which is uh, yeah, almost mission impossible for them. Yeah. But I think there is a key game coming up, right? Watford and West Ham win. So, who, well, sorry, Watford and West Ham play each other. So whoever wins that is more or less guaranteed to stay up. Yeah. Now Villa, I think Villa could actually win out the rest of their games, but it's a flash in the pan, you know, what happened today. I mean, Crystal Palace are uh, probably one of the worst uh, form teams in the Premier League. I think they've lost five or six in a row and... You know, Five think, in a row. Yeah, so they've, they've more or less been on the beach for quite a while as well. So, who knows? I mean, there might be a surprise, but I still am going to stick with the fact that uh, Bournemouth and Villa are probably going down. 
Yeah, I think West Ham's win was a massive boost for them. I mean, obviously, Antonio scoring four goals. Wow, never expected that. But yeah, I think for them, that was important because they needed that win. I think, to be honest, if any whoever gets to 36 points this season, they're safe. Yeah, because traditionally you need about 39, 40 points to be safe. But this is a weird one this year. Yeah, it is a weird one. It's been a weird season overall, you know. Especially Liverpool winning the league, that was a weird one in itself. You shouldn't be complaining, just uh, you know, take it for what it's worth and no, you know, hopefully no. you know, we get a chance to see some of the young kids get a chance to play in the next few games that are left. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool's young kids look good as well. That um, Nico Williams and Curtis Jones, great, great, great great players and I think they 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 both signed new contracts as well so they're going to be you know there for a few years now so interesting times for Liverpool I mean Klopp turned around and said he's not going to be you know he's going to be looking into the youth team so does that mean he's not going to be spending money probably not I, I you know I just don't think too many clubs have I mean they have money but they really don't want to dig into their reserve funds to pay you know, for transfers that they can't really afford. I mean, every team can afford them because they have you know, insane payment plans put together. But again, it has to really be a top, top player that has to be available in order for Klopp to go after them. And at the end of the day, whoever that top player is, is he dislodging Firmino, Salah, Mane or Van Dijk out or whomever out of that team? And if the answer is no, then they're not going to pursue it. And I think that's partially what happened with Timo Werner you know, a few weeks back he yeah. probably wasn't going to get enough playing time he was probably going to be the fourth striker on that list in terms of coming in and playing and he wasn't necessarily the guy that was going to push the other three to take it up a level whereas if you have someone like Neymar or Mbappe in the equation that changes things dramatically yeah it does I mean that's what I'm looking for now really I, w- I want those big boys that's, that's not, not happening, Raz. Don't take this the wrong way. I don't know what planet you're living on. If you can't afford Timo Werner, you can't afford Mbappe or Neymar. Just forget it. It's a, it's a little dark fantasy you have. Yeah, let's move on from that one then, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do one of them, that's for sure. <laughs> Listen, I told you a billion pounds needs to be spent on that team. And I kid you not. No, that's pretty much a, a good good uh, analysis to it, though, to be honest. Um, I'll tell you one player that you could make some difference in your midfield. It could be coming free from Liverpool. Adam Lallana. Not uh, I know he's getting on a bit, but you know what? He can do a job. It's, it's, it's not about getting on. It's just the fact that he's very injury prone. Yeah, he is. He is. You know, and we, we don't need players like that at Arsenal. If, if you look, at the history of some of the players that we've had, they've just been injured more than they've actually played. And again, you're just burdening the wage bill and that money can be better, better utilised elsewhere. No, absolutely. Uh, just uh, quickly moving on to another topic quickly. Um, this, um, I, I don't know if you heard, uh, Wilfred Zaha got a racial abusive tweet. And, um, yeah, so I saw that this morning and it's just, it, it's madness. And, it's a 12-year-old kid that got arrested. Yeah, well, we, they need to find out if it was actually a 12-year-old kid or was it was his account hacked and all of that kind of stuff is going to take place, obviously, all the investigation. 
But whatever yeah. it is, it's just unacceptable, especially with the movement of uh, Black Lives Movement going on right now in the Premier League. I think it's not needed. Why, why bother with all this? I don't know what, what these people are on and what, what they're trying to achieve. Because it's, just... it's, it's, it's a bunch of, uh, how can I put it, Twitter glorifiers that are just sitting behind a keyboard or behind their phone. They're cowards. Absolute, with absolutely nothing better to do. But you and I are both of uh, different, similar but different backgrounds. And we've gone through racism in school. And the fact that all this nonsense is going on in the social media ages, it's, it's, it really is sickening to see. And um, I think most kids are not, you know, not born racist, but they're taught how to be racist parents. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's the thing. And it could be a situation where it was a kid or maybe it was one of his friends or family members or parents. We just, we just don't know. But it's, it's just sickening to see. And the, and the thing that annoys me is I, I saw the alert, actually. I was watching the um, Villa and Palace. It was Villa and Palace, right? Yeah, Villa and Palace, yeah. yeah. And literally 10, 15 minutes before kickoff, they, they mentioned that, oh, Wilfred Zaha said this on his Twitter. So he put a screenshot of the guy... I think he got it, was it through Twitter or Instagram he got the message? Mm. One of those two mediums. And the guy that allegedly said these words had just under 400 followers. Literally 30 minutes later, he had about 8,000 followers. Wow. So all those extra followers, they're not people that are for BLM. They're the ones that are against everything going on, clearly. Yeah. And it's just not acceptable. I mean... He's, yeah. you know, I think these social media um, companies, they need to be held accountable to, you know, to some degree as well, because they need to find out and kind of vet the kind of people that are using their, their social medians, you know, at the end of the day, those people, if they are on, they should be caught out and removed straight away, accounts deleted, maybe even, you know, prosecuted or whatever, because someone needs to be accountable because people just can't come yeah. on create accounts like this and do things like this and get away with it. Obviously, yeah, but it, 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 it's, and, and it's not just, you know, Wilfred Zaha, there's many players that have gone through this. Ian Wright, former player, yeah, who one day is going to be on this podcast, I have faith in you making that happen yeah, because I love yeah. Ian Wright. And, my, and watch out, guys, listeners, he's going to be on this podcast by the end of this year and you he guys are going to be like, oh, wow, how did Raz pull this uh, rabbit out of... You know, he's, uh, whatever the saying is. The but um, Ian Wright has been abused through Twitter and Instagram quite a lot in the last few weeks. And, and it's it's really pathetic to see some of these messages. And, and even beyond that, you know, you and I both know, having played, you know, in school football leagues and local leagues around London, it's, it, it goes on even then. And Italy's really, really bad. I mean, they're throwing bananas on the pitch and you know, monkey chance and this, that and the other. It, it, it's just annoying. I think the only one that was actually positive in terms of when there was some racial abuse being thrown around was when Danny Alves, do you remember he picked up the banana and ate it and then tossed the banana skin away? That mm. was pretty commendable by him. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, sometimes those kind of moments do change people. They think, okay, it's not bothering them, let's just leave it. I think that's one way of dealing with it. That's for sure, but at the end of the day, the reality is no one should be dealing with it, and it's just not acceptable what's going on right now, and it's just it's just disheartening to see, to be honest, because after everything that's happened in America, especially where um, where you know there's been protests all over the world, 
for people to still come out and do this is just upsetting, to be honest, to say the least. Especially in the yeah. game that we love. We love football. We don't need this. Well, you know, football exactly. to talk about. And, and, and just go slightly off topic. Earlier on when I was uh, walking around in D.C., remember when I video called you? Yeah. I was actually on 16th Street leading up to the White House where they actually painted Black Lives Matter in yellow. And I sh showed you a little bit. I know you couldn't see too much. But, you know, I went there and everyone was peacefully protesting. And, again, it's always a small minority of every single group that spoils it for the majority. And, and unfortunately, this is the problem with everything that's going on. And But having said that, football, not necessarily in England, but football does have a big racism problem, especially in Europe. Yeah. You know, Russia's got the problem. Some Eastern European countries have the issue. I, I can't pinpoint a specific country, team or city, but we, it has been going on. And then, uh, as I said, Italy is just, it's really out of control. And it is, it's sad because... Most Italians are not, not like that. We've, you know, you've been to Italy. You know, yep. we went to Milan together back in the day. We never really had any issues. We've probably gone separately as well. And I've, I've been to Rome and no issues. I've, I've not experienced anything like that. And just, you know, lately with the way things are in the world and, and this idiot that I've got as president of the country I reside in is just, he's stirred everything up dramatically. And um, it's not good. You know, we're not living in a unified world right now. And one good thing about sport, it does actually bring all colours, creeds, races, religions together. And it really is disheartening to see what's going on right now. I mean, yeah, for, especially for me. I mean, look, I've been to the terraces. I've sat on the stands and watched the games. Um, and if I'm honest with you, I've, I've been to Anfield many times. Never had an issue. Never, ever come across any problems in Anfield. But at West Ham, where I, I live local to as well, um, I have seen it with my own eyes. And it's not happened to me directly, but I've seen it happen to someone else and being said some very horrible stuff and even said to players, you know, someone said something really horrible. I'm not, I'm not going to mention it on the podcast now because it's just not worth it. Uh, I don't want to give that person any airtime, but it was just wrong. And it was right in front of me and I just looked at him and I said to him, that's not acceptable, mate. And then everyone else that was around me actually backed it and said, no, that's just not on, you know, and got him removed. But at the end of the day, it is the small minorities that spoil it for the rest of us. And that's yep. where the problem is. I mean, it needs to stop. It will stop. And I've got faith in the system and I've got, I got real faith in this, um, the Black Lives Movement that's going on right now that it is going to change people's mindset. Yeah, let's uh, hope and see that things work out for the best. No, definitely. So, yeah, moving on swiftly. I mean, how you see things panning out in the next few games now? We've got three games left, I believe. Correct, yeah, three games left. Uh, obviously, uh, if we're looking at the Premier League, top end, one and two are secure. Now, Leicester and Chelsea may have issues. I mean, Chelsea played Wolves, I think, last game of the season. They played Norwich next, and then I think they play Liverpool, right? Did Ch yeah, Chelsea plays Liverpool. I, don't, I, I believe so. I believe they do play. Yes, I mean okay. oh, Liverpool so come out on that one. Yeah. yeah, so Chelsea will beat Norwich. You you would assume. I mean, based on the current form, who knows? Um, Liverpool, I, I I don't see Chelsea winning that, and Wolves could give them a game. Right now, it looks like Man United are actually in poor position to get one of those automatic Champions League spots. Yeah. 
And then it simply comes down between Chelsea and Leicester now. Leicester, if, if they play like they did today, I mean, they, they were in cruise control the first half. And I, I, I don't know, I, I didn't see the game. So what, what happened in the second half? What happened in the second half or... of, um, yeah, basically Stanislas came on, changed the game yeah. around because um, they, they changed the tactics a little bit. And Stanislas is quite an attacking player. And obviously yeah. there was a, a mistake by Schmeichel. He basically booted the ball out and he hit his own player and Didi hit the back of him. And then, um, yeah, Stanislas got onto the board and he got, uh, was it Stanislas or Callum Wilson, I believe. Wilson, it might have been, that got fouled in the box. And Stanislas came, took the penalty and, yeah, drawed level. And then from there on, they were, you know, Bournemouth were just looking like a different team. Attack after attack and then scored another goal. And Soyuncu decides to... Basically, he lost it and he kicked um, Callum Wilson in the back of his leg. Wow. So he got sent off. And that was inside the goal. So he was inside the goal. The ball's gone into the back of the net. He's gone to get the ball and Callum Wilson. And he's just kicked him one. And he's just obviously got sent off um, straight away. Not even VAR was required. But did he obviously do the checks. But he got sent off. And Suinchu, as you know, is a very important player in the back. In their defence. By losing a player as well and play especially Sienchu, yeah, that's when the goals just came in. So, yeah. Interesting. So, and then, uh, obviously, relegation, as we already touched on, um, Arsenal looks like they are going to miss out on Europa, which is actually, I think, a best blessing in disguise, like I've mentioned previously. Yep. And uh, mid table, I, I think most of these teams will turn up and they're thinking about what European country they can visit for a you know one two week vacation with their family members no absolutely but one thing I do want to mention which we haven't touched on yet is the victory for Sheffield United against Chelsea that was quite an interesting one because it, no one saw that coming no nobody saw it coming but Sheffield United I, I think I don't know it, it's I can't really explain what's happened because they've had a bit of dip in form but yeah they really do play as a team and you know they're very capable of scoring goals but more importantly they're capable of keeping clean sheets and, and that's what they've done they've really surprised a lot of people this year and you know defence does win matches and obviously helps win championships but I'm not saying Sheffield United is ever going to contend for the Premier League however all those clean sheets that they're racking up is actually a credit to them and obviously their coaching staff Yeah, I mean, if Arsenal had that Sheffield United defence Arsenal would not be in this predicament right now. Same could be said for many other teams. And even, like I said earlier, this was a terrible Spurs team that beat us, but at the end of the day, the difference was that their defence was better than ours. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the case. I mean, hence why Liverpool won the league, because their defence is just the best in the league. Let's be honest. Um, obviously, Man City, they play a different style. They don't rely on the defence as many other teams do, but obviously, Liverpool... The way they play football, um, their defence were the main catalyst to everything that went on in the team. From the back to the front, you know, they, they go quick. You know, the ball comes from Van Dijk sometimes, comes from Robertson, from Alec, from Trent Arnold. So, yeah, obviously, I, and the goalkeeper as well, he's set up a few goals. So, yeah, it's been good. But, yeah, going back to defence, I think the main, main thing, that what I've noticed in the league, especially in the Premier League, Goalkeepers win you games, especially goalkeepers. And I, and I say this because, let's be honest here, the Liverpool game, Nick Pope 
Whoa, he saved him a few goals. Let's be honest. Oh, he did, yeah. A couple of world-class saves world from what I saw. So. And obviously Dean Henderson's doing the same. So obviously that is a major, 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 you know, reason why they are where they are right now, you know. And let's be honest, those teams with those goalkeepers, I think they're saving, they, they're probably saving them, well, quite a few points, let's be honest. I mean, um, you know, there's, some of them are like, you know, this Nick Pope saved two points from him in that game. Let's be honest, yeah, and he's what in in the top. What do you call it? Um, clean sheets right now. Is he fourteen clean sheets? He's got, I think, something like that. He's he's up there. And Dean Henderson's got thirteen. Allison's got thirteen. So obviously they they're doing something right, and I think that's where the problems are for teams like you know Arsenal, even Chelsea. I mean, we've spoken about Kepa bit in the in, in previous podcasts. Uh, you know, would Chelsea having a better goalkeeper? Could he could he have saved a few? Yes. Um, Kepa was definitely responsible for the first two goals in that game. So, yeah, I, I would say goalkeepers are major, major, you know, reasons why teams win titles. I mean, Schmeichel in the past for Man United, he helped them win a lot of titles, let's be honest. Um, yeah, definitely. He was the backbone of that team. Yeah, exactly. And I think this season for Liverpool, Alisson's been the backbone for... For Liverpool, where we won one nil in some games, you know, and two nils, you know, those games could have been draws or could have been losses. So yeah, definitely. And Arsenal, I think you've got you guys have got a decent keeper at the moment. He's doing a good job, but I don't think he's the answer to your goalkeeping problems. And I don't think Leno is either. Listen, we could get two or three random guys from a Sunday league football match and put them in that team, and they'll be better players than those three mugs that we have in defence. <laughs> Uh, definitely. I mean, even even Man City though, their goalkeeper. Wow, what, what he's he's good as well. He's in the top five in the world. Definitely. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, and a few eyebrows were raised when they bought him, but um, you know, mostly scouts at the top clubs at the top top clubs know what they're doing, except for uh, Barca. And uh, I know you probably don't want to speak about it, and I know I've kind of nudged you the last few podcasts, but Barca is just ever since they sold Neymar, they signed. 13 or 14 players almost well three quarters of a billion spent and they have nothing to show for it who who do you think the biggest flop has been everyone's probably going to say Griezmann but you know there's a bunch of other flops right they spoke about you know Malcolm being one of the next best things in sliced bread Uh, Dembele Dembele why was Dembele bought Coutinho why was Coutinho bought they didn't even need these players. They didn't need them. Our Coutinho one baffled me. I mean, they bugged Liverpool so much in sense, yeah. And then in the end, Liverpool just, let's be honest, yeah, we, we robbed them a little bit. You know, getting £145 million for him or whatever it was. It was a steal for us, you know. But the thing is, with, with Barcelona, I think they buy players just for the sake of buying sometimes. I, I don't think they... They don't look, you know, where Pep Guardiola, when he was the manager of that team, or the coach, what he did was he bought players to replace players. But did they replace anyone since, like, did they replace Iniesta? No. Did they replace Xavi? No. Did they replace, um, uh, I'm gonna, they didn't even replace Neymar. Let's be honest, they thought Coutinho was the, the answer. No way. Remember when I told you in a private conversation a few weeks ago that, Arsenal, sorry, Barcelona is the Arsenal 2.0 of the modern era. Absolutely. I mean, 
they're a little bit better than Arsenal. Let's be honest. Like they, <laughs> they yeah. I think but, st- are they still in the Champions League? Yeah, Barca's still in the Champions League. So they do, they're doing a little bit better. Let's be honest. They, they, they play Napoli though. It's it's one one. So the winner of that will then play. It looks like Chelsea or Bayern Munich, but I'm pretty certain it's Bayern Munich. Well, you're. As, you're right when you say that they are Arsenal 2.0. The only thing is that they have one weapon, let's say two weapons, right? Which is Luis Suarez and Messi. Messi being the biggest weapon. And that's what's yeah. keeping them where they are. They're lucky nah, to be not, second. Not two weapons, you've got two nuclear weapons there. Yeah, they're nuclear weapons and they, they, they can change games anytime. And when it comes to Champions League... Messi turns up. We you know. We all know that Messi turns up. I mean, Suarez is always chipping in with goals. Griezmann has been a letdown. I, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I thought he would come and rip up the, you know, the scene, but he hasn't actually done anything like that. Um, and it, it's been a bit upsetting to be honest, because I, I was quite excited by the Griezmann signing. If I'm honest with you, I was like, yeah, wow, this is gonna be great. But he hasn't done anything much then to warrant his even place in the team. You know. And it's, Griezmann realistically go to and, and fit in and get back to his old self? I think PSG. So, I'm somewhat with you. I'm thinking if Barcelona can He's figure French. it out somehow, they do a straight swap and throw PSG some cash and they get Neymar out of it. But they won't Neymar have cash and that's the problem. Yeah, but Barcelona have the pull power to get teams, get players back or get players... Um, there, Neymar is even quoted saying that he's willing to take a pay cut to go back to Barcelona. So that that may be a, a deciding factor. Let, who knows? Yeah, but do you, do you know how much Neymar makes at PSG? It's silly amounts, right? Something like seven hundred and fifty thousand euros a week. But if he takes a pay cut. And obviously Even son, at a pay cut, he's still going to want half a million euros a week. I'm pretty sure Barca would pay that now. Yeah, but Barca... Yeah. Barca can offload some of the stuff, some of the players that they got, that they don't need. Um, and they can warrant that, you know, ha- having Neymar back could mean the resurgence of the likes of Messi and Suarez again. You know, that... That strike force, those them three were lethal. Raz, it's not just the front three. You, you could say Barcelona's in a very, very similar situation to Arsenal, where on the top end they're pretty heavy, right? But yeah. de- midfield and defense are a bit, bit shaky. You know, Lenglet looks like he's a somewhat of a decent defender. PK has been past it for a long time. Um, Carlos Puyol was never replaced. So yeah, you know, in some senses. They are, uh, you know, a flamboyant Arsenal 2.0. But Antoine Griezmann, there's a, there's several teams that he could go to and I think he would do well. Chelsea have obviously signed Timo Werner, but they could still do with that out-and-out strike. And I think if Chelsea can get Griezmann on loan for a year, with a view to buy, that might be a best move. Napoli could do with a striker. Lyon could do with a striker. Juventus could do with a striker. Even Man City. I think Antoine Griezmann... Playing in that team would do very, very well. And I think Griezmann would be an upgrade from uh, Gabriel Jesus. Oh. Obviously, we all, we all know Sergio Aguero is the main guy. But there's a couple of good clubs around Europe where Griezmann could do well. But he's just not... He, he has to play up front. And obviously, the, the two positions that Griezmann could play in are already filled by 
the two nuclear weapons that we just spoke about. Yeah. And that's the problem. That is the problem, but I think, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I think it's going to come to a stage where Messi has to take a back seat. Um, he's going to have to start playing a bit deeper. Um, and when he does that, that could mean, and that's that was probably what the thinking was, that Messi's going to start playing deeper. But Messi being Messi and the way he is, and obviously he has a major say in what happens in Barcelona. Let's be honest, he's one of them power players that they, yeah. what he says what ha- is what happens. So obviously they, the thinking was, Messi plays a little bit back and he just feeds everyone else in. And obviously he's seen a couple of times that that wasn't happening. So he's come out and just, you know, taken on the bat and like he does and scores the goals himself, um, which is fine. But at the end of the day, it can't happen forever. And he needs to actually learn to take a back seat and just let these players grow. grow. And I think Griezmann, he will come good because he, he's that kind of player. He will come good. He knows the, the La Liga very well with um, playing for Atletico. He knows the league. So he knows what to do. Just basically, so there's no, it's not about him getting used to the league or anything. It's more of a case of him fitting in with Barca's way of playing football. And I think it will happen and it might might be next season. So I think we are thinking a bit too too soon. It's only been a season and we need to yeah. give him a chance. You know. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I read somewhere, I, I can't recall what site I read it on, where they compared Neymar's first season and Antoine Griezmann's first season with Barca. And they're almost comparable statistically. So who knows? Who knows exactly, yeah. So, so do you think, you think uh, PSG is still going to win the Champions League? Um, it's a difficult one, Bab, because obviously where the Champions League hasn't been played for a while, uh, I'm not sure. And obviously PSG hasn't played football for a while. So that's and they're playing the most dangerous attacking team in Europe, you know that, right? What, PSG? The most... Di- no, they're playing. They're playing Atalanta. Atalanta is no joke. Atalanta, if you, I, I know you don't watch too much Serie A, but Atalanta pretty much dominated Juventus and he finished in a 2-2 draw yesterday. So obviously Juventus are more or less uh, Serie A champions, but Atalanta is a dangerous attacking team and I think PSG probably have enough to take take over them and then PSG have a bit of an obstacle with Atletico Madrid in the semis. So. I, I, I personally think that PSG will beat Atalanta just because, I, I mean... We know, I've mentioned this and I'm a massive fan of the players. Yeah, right? Did you say Atalanta or Atlanta? Two different teams, remember? No, Atalanta, I said. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying that, yeah, obviously, um, you know, with PSG, you know, I, I'm a massive fan of Kylian Mbappe. And I think where they haven't played football for a while, players like him, you know, he's going to come on, he's going to be like a house on fire, ready to just attack. And they'll be probably be training the, you know, I I follow the you know the the social media site and stuff, and they're still training away. Um, so obviously they haven't had any game time, but you know they could come out and just you know shoot teams down quick. You never know. I mean they got that sort of firepower that they can do that. Well, yeah, they're like Man City. You know, by half time the game is over because they yeah. can knock in two or three, four goals and be done with it. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I, I think they could go far. Um, whether they can win it is another story, but I do feel like they, they do stand a chance, if I'm honest with you. And it's been a long time coming. They've spent a lot of money. Their, their whole setup has been about winning the Champions League for the last 
five or six seasons now. So it's it's about time. It's going to happen eventually. I know that. Same as Man City. You know, both of these teams look like, you know, it could be, I mean, can they meet in the final? Is there, is there a chance of them two being in the final together? Yeah, definitely. That's the only way it would happen because Man City has a very, very, they're on the tough side of the draw, right? So obviously they've got Real Madrid to play. And I'm, I'm still out about that the winner of the Champions League is going to be whoever wins between Real Madrid and Man City. And then those teams respectively would have to play Juventus or Lyon or Napoli or Barca or Bayern Munich. So, you know, if you're going to win the Champions League, almost how Liverpool did it a few years ago, they beat the best teams on the way. And I think that's how Man City will do it. I, I think Man City stand a good chance. I mean, the way they look right now, I, 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 any team will be scared to play them right now. And with them feeling like the wounded animal that they are right now, where they lost the league, and by a significant amount as well, um, they're going to be looking to just like, you know, show the world, look, we're not over yet, we're back, and we're going to be back stronger. So I think they're going to be that kind of team now, where they're just going to give it their all for the Champions League. Um, yeah, and, and, and they could throw a lot of teams off, right? Because a lot of teams will probably prepare for Gabriel Jesus to play up front. And we all know Sergio Aguero is injured. And I don't know if he's going to come back in time for the Champions League. It would be good for Man City if he does. But if they put Raheem Sterling up there, Sterling is very, very difficult to A, mark, and one and B, to keep up with. So he could be that s- surprise that you know he's out there. And, and his finishing has obviously gotten a lot better, like I mentioned, because of you know Pep. Yeah. So that that could be a surprise. No, I mean, Juventus, I just don't think Juventus have enough in the tank. They've mm. they've got a lot of good players, but a lot of aging players as well. Well, absolutely, but they do have Cristiano Ronaldo, so he's always uh, yeah. But um, but they've got a very very incompetent coach as well, Mauricio Sarri. Come on, man. Well, yeah, Sarri is that 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 coach that he blows hot and cold. I've seen. I I didn't like the way he managed Chelsea. If I'm honest with you, I didn't think he did a good job there. And um, I, I don't see him as the long-term for Juventus either. So obviously, you know, Juventus might be looking out for Mourinho. Who knows? Um, but yeah, like having said that, I mean, let's be honest. Like, right now, I think at the moment, the teams that I say that, are gonna, that stand a good chance of winning it is probably, you're right, Man City and Real Madrid. They're the two Two that I'll, I'll, I'll still put my money on and PSG as an outsider. I don't see Barcelona doing it this year. No way. And Bayern Munich, I think they'll be a bit short. Yeah, I mean, t- time will tell, but um, it's going to be a great Champions League when it starts. Yeah, the, on- the only thing I see with Man City is if they if they lose any players between now and the end of the season, which could, you know, they've already lost Sergio Aguero. So that's kind of like a bit put a bit of spanner in the works for them, and if they can lo- if they lose any of the defenders, or if Laporte gets another injury, I then then it's a, it's a hard one, you know. I don't see them coming back from that. Yeah, what about the Europa League? Just to quickly touch on that, I haven't really paid much attention to it, but Europa League. I mean, ain't Wolves still in it? Yeah, and it looks like Wolves could actually play Man United next, which is what I think the quarterfinals. You know what? Wolves really want to win it. And they've come a long way. And I, I do believe that with the team that they've got, they've got, they got a good chance as any to win it. You know, any team. Because look at the way they play. You know, they, they blow teams away. They attack that Jimenez is such a 
potent striker. You got Adama Traor, he when he comes on, he's electric. You know, then that other guy that just came on today, I mean, what's his name? Penance or Pendants or something like that. I can't yeah. Pedance or whatever his name is. He even he looked good. Oh wow. I mean I was just like amazed uh, that the the scouting that that team, whoever their scout is, Arsenal definitely need to have a chat with him. Because I tell you what, he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, Arsenal need to have a chat to everyone about everything. But uh, going back to it, there's four teams that can win it. Actually, no, I'd say five, right? You've got Man United, you've got Wolves, you've got Sevilla, who actually played Roma. In oh, So, yeah, that's going to be an Sevilla. interesting one because Sevilla's actually a specialist to play in that competition. Yeah. And then you've got Inter Milan. So I think, um, personally, I'm going with Man United to win the whole thing. You know, the only thing I think about Man United, yeah, they, they've got some top players now and, and they're starting to produce. But I think the Premier League is one league and then you've got the Europa League or in Europe, you've got to play a different style of football. It's not the same. It can, it's, a, it's a little bit different playing in Europe, as you know. And I just don't think, tactically, Solskjaer is there yet, if you know what I mean. Tactically. I would slightly disagree because if, if the league had started... Uh, what the first of this year, Man United, based on that alone, with the win ratio, would actually be top of the league. Well, like I said, that's in the Premier League, though. Yeah, but they're okay. These one off European games, uh, I still think they'll be fine. Mm. They've, they've got they've got enough in the tank to beat these type of teams. I mean, even next week when they play Chelsea in the FA Cup, the way Chelsea are playing right now, United's going to give them a run around. But some and of these same, teams, they got, sorry, they're gone. Some of these teams in Europe, they got some real good, you know, attacking options. Yeah, so the likes of Sevilla, the likes of obviously Wolves as well. You would mention how how great they are attacks, uh, attacking wise. Obviously, United's defense ain't the best, so that's where they right now they're playing in the Premier League. Where let's be honest, like the defenses in most teams ain't been great, and they've. There's been too many games, too quick and fast, where United have been able to adapt to it. But in Europe, when it's a one-off game, and you've got to be a little bit more tactically aware, you know, you've got to, you know, make the right substitutions at the right time. Does Solskjaer have that kind of nous to get it, get the team over the line? I don't think, I, I don't see him having that sort of, you know. So, so, so who's your pick for the Europa League based on the teams that are currently left? I think Sevilla. Okay, you go Sevilla. I will reluctantly go Man United, but I'll stick with it, and we'll see what happens at the end of uh, August with that. Oh, could I have a wager on it, mate? Whoever wins, you pay for my next trip. What? <laughs> You're having a laugh. I'm joking, man. I'm kidding, man. <laughs> How about if if uh, my prediction comes true, you're going to rename the podcast the Babs Podcast? <laughs> no, that's not happening, mate. <laughs> It's always Babs podcast. This podcast is yours as much as mine, mate. So don't worry about that. Fair yeah. enough. But yeah. Put it on your Twitter poll. No, absolutely, mate. But Bab, it's been a pleasure having you on again, um, and it's been great speaking to you once again. And well, may the season can well finish in a good way for you guys. Obviously, Arsenal need to pick themselves up, and I'm sure you're going to be, you know, a bit more calmer come next game. I hope. Uh, hopefully we'll see. yeah but no worries mate nice speaking you know to who you. the next game is right it's against Liverpool 
Well, that's why I'm saying, because obviously Liverpool, the way they're playing right now, I think Arsenal would probably do a job on us, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, let's see, good thing we don't have a midweek podcast, because it could be a nasty one for you or a nasty one for me. Well, I, for me, it doesn't really matter now. The league's won, so I, I'm, I'm done with it now. I, I, I really couldn't care, to be honest, because... I don't see us getting the 100 points, if I'm honest with you right now. And I, feel, I, I, I actually fear that Arsenal will do a good do a job on Liverpool. Is it at Anfield or is it at Emirates? Um, I believe it's at the Emirates. Yeah, I, I see Arsenal winning it. 2-0. Right, let's see. Anyway, on that note, uh, take oh. care of yourself and we'll talk soon. No problem. Thanks a lot, Bab. Take care. Bye. That was a lovely chat with Bab once again. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been you know we we can ramble on a little bit, but the important thing is we we love talking about football, and this is what it is. It's totally unscripted, and we're just having a chat. Sometimes we probably don't make sense, um, um, but it's what we think and how we feel about the game. Um, Babs, you know, I, I like to call him the encyclopedia of football because he actually has a lot of knowledge about it, and this is the thing, you know. We spend our days literally just watching football matches. I'm religiously watching as many games as I possible. And if I can't watch all the games, I'll end up watching match of the day and watching all the highlights. I, I watch match of the day and I especially, especially listen to the analysis because that's one of my best parts of football, the analysis, you know, and just hearing what the pundits have to say. And this is what, you know, what this podcast is going to bring for everyone is, a real life scenario of how football is and you know how how the fans feel about football you know more importantly that's what my podcast is all about i hope you guys enjoy the podcast please do pass the you know pass it on to other people that you might know that would love to just have a listen to this i know we do like to ramble on a bit and talk but guys it's all about football and i'm sure you guys love this football show thank you very much for listening to Raz's football show And I'll catch up with you guys soon. Thank you.